It is so great to be here with each and every one of you, whether you are with us online. Again, we want to welcome you here today to Eastside City Church as well. For those of you, as Pastor Michael has already shared, that are here, braved one of the coldest days we've had in quite a while. But again, we are glad that you are here. And isn't it good just to be able to worship God and to experience God? Uh, I think it's one of the most awesome things that we get to do, and we get to do that together. I just felt like the Lord as we were worshiping today. I had a few things that God spoke to my spirit uh, about that I just want to throw out there to you. I just felt like the Lord gave me some words of knowledge that there's somebody that's either listening right now or in our audience uh, listening online that that you have been having some really serious problems uh, with your ears, with uh, there, like so there's a certain type of infection, or maybe you've even begun to lose some hearing. And I felt like the Lord was speaking to me to let you know that right now God wants to touch you, He wants to heal you, He wants to begin to turn that situation around in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen for that? And as well, I felt like the Lord spoke to me that there is somebody that is dealing with some, um, uh, you've been having some heart. Uh, issues, some heart palpitations here lately, and, and, and that, that you're nervous about it, and God just saying, trust me, I've got your back, I've got you covered, you're going to be okay today. And so I just want to give you that encouragement here today. And so I want to say this to you as well, that I want to invite you on Monday evenings, we have prayer online on Zoom, you can go to our website at eastsidecitychurch.ca from 7.30 to 8.30, uh, and it has just been a great great time of us joining together, praying for things. Who here understands us that everything we do really is birthed out of prayer, that prayer is where things change, it's where things happen. So I want to encourage you in that. Well, today we're going to continue our series, Kings and Warriors Reclaiming Lost Ground. And the reason this is something that is that we've kind of taken not only January, but we're doing here in February as well, is this is what I believe all of us have things that have been taken from us, that belong to us. It's not that they've been just been taken to us. There are things that belong to us. Peace, promises, even people, loved ones, children, whatever it is that are not serving God, I believe this, that God's desire is that we're going to believe that he's going to return those things to us, that we can reclaim that lost ground. Because I believe we have a divine right to take those things back and that God also wants to release a new level of freedom in our lives. But to do so, as I've been talking about here recently, we must understand our authority in Jesus. That we have authority in Jesus. And so when I talk about authority, biblically, I want to go back to something I shared last week, that authority is the spiritual standing that we have to claim a place or realm of authority, which allows us to, to, to determine, which gives us the ability to determine what is allowed or not allowed, that we have power through, the, through Jesus Christ. And last week, I began to unwrap for us how we are to function in authority, how we are to carry our authority. First of all, it starts off with this. We need to be reminded that all authority belongs to God. It comes from him. It's from him. But secondly, he's given his authority to those who are willing to be under his authority. And his authority is given for us not to control people, but to release freedom. And lastly, 
we are expected to take the authority he's given us and release it for his purposes. It's for his benefit. It's for his glory. It's for what he wants to do. You see, we've been given a dominion mandate or the authority to occupy every aspect of human life. The power to lead, the power to heal, the power to deliver, and what I'm going to talk about today, the power to declare. Today's message is called, Speak Out. There is great power in your words. Hallelujah. Now, when I was a child, I grew up in government housing. My, my mom was a single mom. Uh, we, were, we didn't have a lot of money. We lived on welfare. Uh, I remember having food stamps, the whole nine yards. But I, I grew up in government housing. And the thing about government housing where I grew up, the, it was rows and rows of apartments that had the exact same floor plan and were inhabited by people who were just like me. Most were single-parent families with lots of young children. And so the most important area in this apartment complex, I want to give you a picture, was a small playground. As a kid, that was our place that we liked to play. It was kind of that happy place in the middle that, well, most of the time it was, um, because um, the, the, the reality of it is, if I was, was to call it a playground, probably the more appropriate word for it was that it was a war zone with kids fighting with each other daily, right? We, we, we didn't have a lot, so we were, we, when you found something you like, you tried to take hold of it, take it, ad, advantage of things. And I remember when I said that words are powerful, that one day while I was on the playground, an older kid did not like what I was doing and punched me, and out of my mouth came a vulgar swear word. Now, I felt pretty powerful. I probably was about 10 years old. I was like, oh yeah. So I decided to say it again. And right at that moment, my mom came into the parking lot next to the playground and heard exactly the word that I'd used. It was amazing. I, I can't believe the things that my mom all, seemed to just always be around and discover. It's like she was like the Holy Spirit, you know, it kind of Whenever I would do something, somehow she was there. And, um, and, and so because I was unaware, of, I was initially unaware of her, her presence, but that changed quickly when I was asked to follow her into our apartment. It was there that I discovered some new information, that ivory soap has a special and unique flavor. Who here has had their mouth washed out with soap? That was kind of your, yeah. And, and when talking, here's the second thing I learned. You can create some incredibly large bubbles. I mean, it, it's an amazing thing. It was like the bubbles you see in conversations that go on screen. So I say this, our words and our declarations are powerful. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus demonstrates the power of speech. And here's the story in Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 12. It says, the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And he noticed a fig tree, full leaf, a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. <laughs> 
You see, we live in an age where so much of what we do is centered around technology, isn't it? My kids do not know what life was like before we had wireless internet and smartphones that have more powerful computing systems than the rockets that put the first man on the moon. <laughs> we actually hold that in our hands these days. But what frustrates me more than anything are those moments when technology does not work properly. You know what I'm talking about. You're on a call and all of a sudden it, it disconnects you and you're just like, ah, ah, I needed that information. Or you go to use your computer and somehow it freezes up, it locks up. Or, or you go to the, uh, here's one of my favorites, you know, you're doing a, mid, a late night run, not that I do this too much, only four or five times a week, but you go to McDonald's and, and their debit machines are out. It drives me crazy. It, it frustrates me when things don't work. And in Mark 11, I believe Jesus faces a similar situation, at least in the context of Jesus' era, that, that as his, he and his disciples were, were leaving the town of Bethany, which was kind of their, their usual thing. They would move from city to city, region to region, sharing truth, speaking the word of, the, of God, healing people, casting out demons. As he was on his way, he saw this fig tree. And the Bible says that he was hungry, that he was really hungry. It's good to know that Jesus, as in the state of being a man, he had hunger. I mean, we don't know what he did, that he could have been, had a prayer and fasting the night before. But because he was hungry, he was looking to see if that tree had any figs. But, not, but finding that there weren't any, now here's what's interesting. It says it was too early for the season of fruit. He cursed the tree and went on his way. Now, not going into the deeper meaning of this text, because there's a whole lot of stuff if you study it about Israel and Jerusalem and what he was talking about, his um, crucifixion that was coming. Jesus expected, for some reason, for there to be fruit on that tree. But when he did not find any fruit, he cursed the tree, declaring that it would never produce fruit again. Now, my emphasis today is I want us to understand that there is great power in our words. There's great power in the things that we say. And, and it goes on to say later on in verse 20 of Mark, it says, the next morning as they passed the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. And Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. So here it is a day later, just one day later, they're walking by the same tree and they notice that the tree had withered and died. I, I, the picture I had in my mind, uh, maybe it's because I just put in a yard at my, my house uh, uh, in the last year, and is, are the dandelions that come up. And when you spray weed killer on them, you know, you notice they begin to change color. The, they, they start to curl up, and after a few days, it begins to change. Well, this happened in, in, in about 24 hours of Jesus making this statement. You see, we need to understand this, that when Jesus speaks, things happen. People are healed. Lives are changed. Even trees that do not produce 
fruit are destroyed. And I want to say this to you. I believe Jesus is still speaking today. He's still speaking over our lives. He's still speaking over situations, and his words are powerful. Now this, what is interesting is this still surprised his disciples. You know, about this time, they'd been with him for a couple years. They'd observed him for years when he spoke to the raging storm, and it became immediately calmed. You see, because Jesus was under authority, this is what's important, he spoke with authority. And over 700 years earlier, the prophet Isaiah shared this prophecy about Jesus. And he said this in Isaiah 22, 22, I will place on his shoulders the key of the house of David with what he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. So Isaiah prophesies this about the Messiah and says he will be given the keys to the house of David. What is he talking about? I want to unpack this just for a moment because it's going to set up more of what we're going to, I want to share here as we go forward. David, we have to remember this, that Saul was the first king of Israel. But the Bible says that David, not Saul, was the legitimate king. That Saul had lost his legitimacy by the way he acted. And now the lineage of David was now the legitimate thing. And I say this because he was the legitimate king. His offspring were the rightful heirs to the throne of the kingdom. All right? You have to, we understand this. That when it comes to kings and kingdoms, it's not a, a democracy where somebody gets elected. It's a kid is born, they become the next king. That's just the way it is. The first son, uh, that's what happens. But not only in the scripture was Isaiah talking about when he was referring to the Messiah, about an earthly kingdom, he was also referring to a spiritual kingdom. That, that Jesus was not only going to rule over, or, or the Messiah was going to have authority over the physical kingdoms of the earth, but he'd have authority over the spiritual dimension where spiritual beings live and reign, that he would have that authority to, to remove darkness, that he would have authority over the works of Satan. And here's what it, why this is important to us. Jesus, being the, being the rightful king now, it says, and because of our relationship with him, we are now joint heirs with him. His authority is also our authority. And when he talks about this, the key represent ownership. Whatever doors he opens, no one can shut, and and whatever, what door he closes, no man can open. Right By his thoughts, by his speaking, by his edicts, he has that authority. But what is cool is he's given this authority to us. Come on, I'm telling you, this is really important today for us to understand this. He's given that authority to us to speak over situations, to speak over circumstances, to speak into darkness and see things change. You see, we've been ordained kings and warriors, or kings or queens and warriors. That God's saying, I want you to take back what belongs to you, what I've given to you. We do not fight against, we realize, against physical people with physical weapons, but we are, are called to defeat the forces of darkness 
with powerful spiritual weapons. That's 2 Corinthians 10.4. You see, there's one of our greatest weapons is the power of declaration. We're called to speak out. And as kings and queens, we have been given a realm of authority. It's our, it's, what is it? It's our sphere of influence. Every one of us has a sphere of influence. And here's what we need to understand. It can be diminished, maintained, or expanded based on whether or not we embrace or relinquish our authority. Who here today says, I want to embrace the authority that God's given me? I want to walk in that authority. You see, our words are important. The things that we speak are important. They determine whether we rule or if something else is ruling us. You see, what comes out of us determines what is ruling our hearts. In our realm, our word is the law. We are to make declarations that I believe need to be enforced. So what does this mean for us? Well, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 18, 18. We had Isaiah 22, 22. Now we got Matthew 18, 18. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You see, when we speak, things happen. Things should happen. We have the power not only to open and close doors, but to loose and bind things, hallelujah, to break curses. I believe this, that we are called to be people that break curses that have been spoken over us and spoken over others. We're called to bind dark spirits. We are called to open favor over our cities, our churches, our communities. We are called to make positive changes by the glory of God. And we have greater power and authority to change situations and circumstances than we realize. I feel this in my heart. What do I mean by this? If you don't like what's going on in your life, speak differently. If you don't like what you see in the world around you, speak differently. Declare, declare, declare what God has put in your heart. Declare, declare, declare what God has promised you. Declare, declare, declare what God has said about you. By what we speak, we are either building and blessing or cursing and tearing. So how do you speak with greater authority? How do we do this? Luke 6, 43 verses 45, Jesus shares this teaching. He says, listen, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Here we go, those figs again. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from an evil heart. Listen, what you say flows from what is in your heart. In Proverbs 18, 12, it says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. What would happen if everything we spoke happened immediately? What would, the, what would your world look like if everything you said happened exactly as you spoke it? Would there be more people on the planet or fewer? I wrote down here, 
I said, you cheesehead. And poof, immediately the driver of the car in front of me, the man turns into a cheesehead. What, what, what would that do? I think it would be crazy. And, or what if you said, I wish my neighbor would just disappear. They're driving me crazy. And immediately they were gone, never to be seen from again. Episodes of, you know, lost people. They're, they're searching for them still to this day. How many people around you would have instantaneously become a pile of ashes? Maybe your children, maybe your spouse in that moment. See, it's important what comes out of our mouths is what I'm trying to share with you today. The the Bible tells us that what we speak shows what is in our heart. That good trees can never produce Bad fruit and bad trees can never produce good fruit. A tree is recognized by its fruit. You get to see who people are by what you see come out of their lives, what they demonstrate. But instead of a tree, Jesus says that what comes out of our mouths and what we do shows us where we're at. You see, the heart represents what we focus on and what we believe, the things we believe about God. What do you say about God? How do you talk about God? The things we believe about people. What do you say about your neighbors, your friends, even your enemies? The things we believe about ourselves. What do you tell yourself? You see, if we focus on negativity or take stuff that is in stuff into us that is impure, what will come out of us will be negative and impure. The founder of IBM Computer said this about computer programming. Garbage in equals garbage out. You cannot blame the computer, is what he's saying, for what came out of it. It was a product of the programming. Whatever the the programmer put into it, that's what's going to be produced. So what does this mean for us? Here's three things I want to share today about speaking with authority, what we need to do to speak out. First of all, we got to guard what we allow inside of us. To change what comes out of our mouth, we must deal with what is in our hearts or what we allow inside of us. You see, I believe in the church today we need a new understanding of holiness and purity. See, holiness, I grew up in the holiness movement, man. I tell you what, I I know what it's like to to have a a little granny in my church tell me all the things that are wrong in my life. I, I, I live there. But holiness is not about, listen to this, moral superiority or the means to judge other people. Come on. You see, God wants us to judge our own hearts. What's inside of us? Where are we at? And holiness is not about the 500 rules to righteousness, where we become legalistic about everything that goes on around us, but it's about keeping our heart clean. Listen to this. So what comes out of us represents Jesus and releases his power and his authority. You see, I want to have a clean heart. I want to have a a holy heart. So that what I share represents who Jesus is. Do you understand the motivation here? Now, potters know this when they make pottery, that when they heat up the kiln, that if there is a defect in the pottery, it will blow it, whatever that piece of pottery is, to smithereens. You see, we have too many people 
in the body of Christ that when they begin to, to experience more of God's power and more of God's glory, we're seeing it all around us, they can't handle the pressure and the authority that comes with it. It's because what's in our hearts. See, purity releases God's authority. Philippians 4, 8, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, think about these things. So what does that mean for us? That means we need to, to do our, 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 our best to allow the Holy Spirit to let go of bitterness. Those things that have hurt us. Stop feasting on anger. Remove negativity. We need to pass on impurity. Those things nobody sees. Feast on the truth. Savor what is good. But not only do we have to be careful what comes, that goes into us, the second thing I believe if we're going to speak out, we need to be careful what comes out of us. As we learn to speak with authority, it's important to watch what comes out of our mouths. Well, what, what are you saying? Well, if our heart is right, wouldn't that be natural? Well, there's still a battle. <laughs> when we are frustrated, struggling with unbelief, downright angry, we need to remind ourselves that our words are powerful. We need to learn to rule over our spirits. The Bible talks about this. You see, we need to understand, listen to this, the difference between speaking our mind and speaking honestly with people. Well, what's the difference? It's, it's our motivation. One is used to build up while the other is a weapon to tear down. I believe this, we curse ourselves, our children, and our environments with reckless words. Now, each of us, I believe, has moments in our life where we wish we could take back what we said. Is there anybody here today that say, you know what, my, my conversation has always been perfect. I am a beacon and an example of perfect speaking. Now, we all have those moments, but what we want to do is get to that place where, where we're saying, God, I want you to have that control over what comes out of me. See, we, we, we want to have grace to, for forgiveness, to forgive ourselves, to forgive others. You see, speaking, we have to understand this, reinforces what we believe. We call this the power of confession or declaration, and that's what I mean by speaking out. God wants us to speak with authority. So we need to reprogram ourselves by making faith declarations, quoting scripture verses. Some of you are like, well, I've heard that, you know, Christianity, they're just about brainwashing people. I've said this before. Yeah, we all need brainwashing. <laughs> we need cleansing. We need God to restore us. We need God to help us. The Bible says that we need to be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. We need the Bible to change the way we think. Hallelujah. <laughs> Rehearsing prophetic words. Speaking life-giving words. Not based on feelings, but focused on truth. Come on, we got too much going on in our world today where it's all about how people feel and not about what is true. And what, what happens when you're speaking to yourself and you, you don't feel positive, you don't feel encouraged, you don't feel like you can do the next thing? Well, th there's a statement that, that went around for a long time called fake it till you make it. You just, you just do it. I'd like to change it a little bit. How about... Faith it till you believe it. Because that's what I want to talk about here as we end is we got to declare things with faith. We got to declare faith in our lives. 
We've got to speak with faith. You see, faith has confidence. I love it, what it says in Hebrews 11.1. 1, faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. We've got to be bold in our declarations. You see, unbelief comes from a place of doubt. We need to speak with confidence. If God has spoken something to us, if he's given you a promise, if the Lord has shared, you know, just revealed things, or you're just reading the Bible, maybe you don't even know it yet, you need to declare it with confidence. We also need to understand that faith is encouragement. It's important to speak positively. Faith is positive in nature. I say this, you cannot be a negative person and be somebody that's a, a, a person that has faith in your life. It's impossible. They don't work together. They can't occupy the same territory. So what does this mean? We need to speak change. If you are in a situation that seems hopeless or difficult, begin by declaring transformation. I love what Gary Hayes shared with us in our seminar. He talked about the fact, and I believe he shared it on Sunday morning, how he and his wife were told they would never have kids. He didn't have the ability to uh, produce offspring. It was not possible physically. But he and his wife felt like God told them that's what they would have. And they began to speak to the situation. They began to quote scriptures. They began to make declaration. And though it took years, God answered their prayers and responded to their declarations and gave them a sign. You see, God can do what's impossible. I believe we need to do this, declare change over our, our family situations, over our kids. I, I say this, if you have an unsaved spouse or children, speak faith, speak life, speak declaration, speak what God can do. God can do what is impossible. Your boss, your government, whatever it is that, that you feel like, man, something's not right here, speak change. Then we need to speak life. Declare health over sickness. Declare victory over defeat. Use your words to give encouragement to yourself and those around you. I believe this, when we declare scripture, we are giving life to ourselves and others. When we declare the word of God, it is a, a, a stream of life. We need to speak hope. We have hope because of who we serve. When we share Jesus with people, we are giving them hope. He is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. When situations seem impossible, remember whose you are and who is with you. Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. That is a promise. You can take that to the bank. You can declare it. You can build your life on that. We need to speak truth. We need, need to speak what the Bible says with authority, not given to what is culturally popular or accepted. But we need to understand that when we speak truth, it's not to be a battering ram or a weapon that we use against people. Speak truth with the motivation of love. It means, doesn't mean that we don't confront sin or situations. It means that it is done with the desire to reveal God's true nature in his heart. But I want to say this, and Margot can come up here. We have to be careful when I talk about making these declarations and talking about changing things, that we got to be careful from speaking from our soul. <laughs> well, what do I mean by that? Well, 
where we try to manipulate God. We try to manipulate others. Where we curse people or situations. When I was growing up, I used to go to some prayer meetings where sometimes people would, they would use words like, Lord, God, I pray that you would help my small group leader understand how foolish they are. You know, you start, we, we, we begin to curse people in situations, making declarations to control people. It's using our words or even our prayers to manipulate outcomes for our own game. It's actually operating in a spirit of witchcraft. But God wants us to get his heart and his motivation and what God puts in our hearts. And, and you'll know it's a, a God thought because it has good thoughts towards people, good thoughts towards leadership, good thought towards your situation, good thoughts towards you. Even when God corrects us, it's with a good intention and a good motivation and a good heart. So I say this today. God's calling us to watch our words, to speak out, to declare the word of the Lord, to declare his scripture, to, to speak God's heart. You see, I believe that God has given us the authority to speak life to people. We've been given the authority to declare change over circumstances and situations. But we need to be bold in our declarations. As you speak into promises, I believe this, you will see transformation begin. So how do we do this? I'm praying today that God would release greater faith in our hearts. I believe God wants to release greater faith inside of us. Do you see hope around you or is it just discouragement? God wants to give you greater faith, that you are to speak over things and God is going to, to believe that they can be changed, that we're called to speak out. But I want to pray over this. I felt by the Holy Spirit as I was going through this message that, that some of us have experienced harmful words that have been spoken to us or over us. And God wants to touch your life today. God wants to heal you. Maybe even today you've spoken things over your own heart. When people aren't around, the things that you say to yourself are, you don't feel really good about who you are. And you, your self-talk is not God talk. I believe today God wants to change you. He wants to help you. He wants to release you. I believe there's some people that other people spoke curses over your life. They told you you could never be anything successful, nothing good. They made declarations about you that aren't true. And I believe today God wants to change those things and he wants to put a new declaration over your life. You see, when I talk about speaking life, I want to speak life over each and every one of you. With every head bowed and eyes closed today, are there, are there people today that would say there's been some negative declarations either I've made over myself or other people have made over me and today I want to I give that to God. I want God to change that. Would you just lift your hand right now? I just want to pray for you. I want to just declare God's goodness and righteousness over you. You serve a good God. He has good thoughts about you. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, 
We break the curses. The curse in the name of Jesus that have been spoken over your children, God. Your children who you love. Your children who you, you, you just are so blessed with today, God. Lord, your children who you just have good thoughts about. Your children who you want to, Lord, even see them walk in greater levels of just authority. because of who, Not because of what they've done, but because of who you are. I break in the name of Jesus those curses off of your life. I declare that those words no longer have power and authority because you're under a greater authority. You're under the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And God, I declare today, Lord Jesus, there's going to be new messages and I pray a hedge of protection over each one of them that Lord when the enemy tries to come in Lord it will bounce off of them and back towards him Lord we declare return to sender today in the name of Jesus and I declare deep healing deep healing Father God because Lord I know as people are healed today Lord, they'll be able to walk how you called them to walk. But Lord, they'll be able to speak how you've called them to speak. I pray that there will be new self-talk. Some of you need to change some things. You need to place some statements and scriptures about how much God loves you, about how much he has good thoughts about you, about how God has... God has determined great things for your life. You need to begin to say it, declare it, declare it, declare it in the name of Jesus. And I call you as children of the Most High God, kings and queens, rise up. Rise up today. To be everything God has determined for you to be. In fact, some of you just need to be. It's not even do, it's just be. You are a daughter of the Most High, you are a son of the Most High. Lord, I pray for your health and your wholeness just to be released in this place. Lord, I pray for miracles to be released in this place. Not only healed bodies, but first of all, healed hearts and minds and souls. God, I declare it in the name of Jesus today. And I just felt it. I feel it in my spirit that there's a restoration of where God is at, that this is, this is a new season in your life that God is going to show you and you're going to experience greater victory. But begin to speak his word, begin to speak life, begin to speak hope, begin to speak the power of God over every situation and circumstance. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to as well make sure that I, as I do every week, take the opportunity. If if you're here or you're listening and you don't have a relationship 
with Jesus. I talked about the power of your words. Confess right now just your need for and ask Jesus to take center stage, to take control in your life. And you can do this by praying this simple prayer with me. Jesus, I confess that I've sinned. I ask you to forgive me, to free me. Help me to be like you. Thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection. And I receive your free gift of eternal life. Hallelujah. You see, words are powerful. Your words are powerful. So go today and declare the goodness and the greatness of your God because he loves you. Amen? Amen. I want to invite you, if you would like prayer for anything today after, I'm going to dismiss everybody, but if you'd like prayer over anything, there's just something in your heart or even something that's unrelated to what I shared today, please come forward and we have people here. We will pray with you. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome week. I hope to see you at prayer on Monday night. And if not, um, we'll see you on Valentine's Day, which is next Sunday. God bless.